0: Welcome back to Clear Talk. On this episode, we're going to talk about how to create effective Facebook ads for your business.
1: And then we discuss our proven method for scheduling days and how you can know what to prioritize first in your business.
0: And lastly, what I look for in a person when I'm interviewing them to know if they're the right fit for my team. By the way, let us know in the comments down below, how do you schedule your days in your business? Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Clear Talk. I'm your host, Armin Shafi. This is my co-host, Jeanette O'Darrow. And this is the number one show for entrepreneurs and coaches who need clarity on their business and in their marketing so that they can learn how to build a profitable coaching business and turn their passion for helping others into a coaching business. Now, we have construction going on in the background, as you can hear that right, right now. <laughs> and we're going to close the door so that you guys, <laughs> this is a real time for the show.
1: I didn't even hear, I didn't even that see right. them. I didn't even see them. No, I heard them outside. Ago. I
0: just didn't know they're gonna be inside, but whatever. I mean, it yeah. is what it is. Our microphone's are good enough to get good audio, so it doesn't make a big difference. Awesome. All right, so it's gonna be a good show today. We're gonna answer as many questions as possible. Remember, guys, if you're watching this right now, if you want your questions answered on the show, all you gotta do is go to askarmin.com, and we'll we're gonna be free coaching you on the show every single Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern time. All you got to do is ask a question that you want coaching on in terms of your coaching business, your life. Maybe it is personally how to balance personal life and business at the same time. Marketing, anything about your business and your life you need help with. We'll answer on the show for free, thousands of dollars worth of free coaching if you just go to askarmin.com and post your questions there. Now, if you're on YouTube right now, hit that subscribe button, that little notification bell if you want to get weekly videos on how to grow your coaching business or start it and become a profitable coach helping other people. Make sure you subscribe. We bring out videos every single week. And now, if you're on Facebook, I want you to hit that share button if you want to help other people get into the show and also uh, share this message with them so they can have a good time with us, and hit that like button as well and share this show. And uh, if you're on Instagram, by the way, let us know by Instagram DMing someone. By the way, Lauren, could you come hook, hook us up with the Zoom over here? Um, and so so Instagram DM this to somebody so they can join us as well. I'm going to just Zoom in. Yeah. yeah, like we always do. So let's run into uh, this weekend.
1: Yeah, how was your weekend?
0: It was good. What'd you get into? Um, I, I, hang, I have friends. Oh, wow! I know it's a big breakthrough <laughs> apart from us I have a friend a single friend. Well, you guys are like family, but he's like a family too to me Yeah, I was hanging out with Daniel He's actually one of my clients and speaking of clients, but he's also like a longtime friend of mine Yes, and so we hung out for like old day yesterday, and uh, we just mastermind and talked and it was amazing It was like a date like a bromance date Oh Daniel
1: you guys are bros.
0: Now, I've known him for a long time. He's actually, believe it or not, Daniel was my first ever coach in public speaking, right? Wow. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I didn't
1: know that.
0: Yeah, like, he was my first time ever when I went into, um, uh, into like, network marketing. Yes. He was the first person to help me. The like, I was, like, stuttering on a stage uh, in front of, like, two people. Uh, and sorry, it wasn't a stage. It was a home event. And <laughs> I was in front of two people. Stage. Yeah. I was in front of two people, and I was, like, hesitant. Yeah. Um, And he helped me, like, get over it. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyways, that was a good weekend for me. And uh, just kind of laid back and had fun. You know, by the way, for for some people, I wonder, like, yo, what do you do when you want to take a break, Armin? Like, how do you take a break from working? Or do you work all the time? I actually had this question asked on Saturday for Reborn. Yes. Uh, We had a crazy Reborn segment. Nuts. It was my favorite one. I was talking about all the traits of, like, I was talking about going deep into the science of drifting and hypnotic rhythm with it, which if you guys are a fan uh, a of Napoleon Hill that's from Outwitting the devil and it's just it was deep for like four and a half hours straight I was coaching uh, all my students and my clients in reborn yeah uh, but I had someone ask me like so when do you take a break and I wanted to know this if you're uh, you know building a business right now in the beginning in the fir- until you reach a certain milestone where your business is making consistent consistent sales you shouldn't be taking breaks like, it's like a burst like you should be working until you hit your goal. When you hit your goal, now you set a new goal. But in between that, because you've achieved a level of, like, a milestone, a level of success. Yeah. Now you talk about the balance. But in the beginning, it's all really obsession. If you look at billionaires, you can't be like, this guy reads eight hours a day. Well, it's because he also has an entire empire of his system. Yeah. In the beginning, he would sleep in his office. If you look at, um, you know, Elon Musk, he would literally say he showered in, like, he didn't shower. He would take soap and water from the sink and the washroom of his office. Put on his armpit. Prison showers. Like, like he would do like prison yeah, showers. <laughs> That's what it's called. Yeah, kind of, yeah, at the sink. But and he was sleeping like... in his office. Now he might go off for a week with his, you know, with his family or whatever. He was sleeping in his office in the yeah. beginning. Yeah. So don't kid yourself. If you're starting a business, if you're in the beginning stages, think about it like this: if you haven't reached a certain consistency of, you know, twenty to fifty or hundred thousand dollars a month yet, you should not be talking about how do I take a break. Don't take a break. Now, if you have a family, that's different. Like, balance your family time. I'm not saying yeah. don't, but you're going to have less of it. If you're serious about your business, you're going to have less of it. So, in the beginning of anything, it takes a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of commitment. Um, there should be no talks of breaks. Like, why are, you, why are you talking about breaks? So, yes, I went the entire weekend this weekend. I had fun. Like, after Reborn, I yeah. went to the spa, and I had a good time. I was sitting there, and I, and I got to watch shows, and I was just hanging out. And it's like... You can't compare where I'm at with somebody who's like just starting out. Naturally, because I've I've worked on my I've had the nights like my team has walked in I'm sleeping on the floor in my office. You know I've had multiple I've lost count of how many nights I've left this place past like two in the morning. I've lost count, and 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 I work an average of like twelve hours a day. When you look at my Trello board every day, like an average, it's an average. Um, you know, to, to like you don't. You you got to put in the work first, and then we talk about you take a one off weekend or a day yeah. or whatever, and you go do whatever you hang out with a friend. So, just want to put that out there because I feel like um, a lot of startup coaches and startup entrepreneurs are all out there like making up lame excuses on like why like it's hard and it's not hard. Like I'm saying it's hard, but like it's not like there's it's bad. It's not bad. Just because hard doesn't mean it's bad. It's good. Mm-hmm. Work hard until you hit your first milestone, and then let's talk about. Personal life balance. In the beginning, it's gonna be obsession. It has to be obsession. It has to be like you work on it without stopping. So, yeah, I just want to say that. So, <laughs> I love it. We have you on Armin's Instagram.
1: No, on Facebook. Okay, can we get someone on Armin's Instagram? Because I know we have comments. I can see them from here. I wish I had like twenty thirty vision. Twenty thirty. I mean, I've got pretty, thirty thirty. Vision. I've got pretty good eyesight, but. It's a little. It's a little far for me.
0: Um, uh, uh is in Spanish. Is in Spanish? oh yeah. por favor. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in okay. Oh, I'm so sorry. We don't speak Spanish. No, that's right. Do you know Would Spanish? You... No. No. Well, okay. hola. You know, ¿cómo estás? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I could just sound like a. No, I don't. No. No. Got a little it. bit, but. <laughs> so uh, how about you? What was your highlight of your weekend?
1: Highlight of my weekend was spending the day with my family. It was my father's 60th birthday uh, last week. So I think like during COVID, especially my family was like, you know what, like we were always, almost always in different places at different times. My sister plays soccer, so she's always traveling. I was always traveling as well, you know, so we, we didn't always get the time to spend family time together. So because of COVID, we're like, you know what, we're gonna try to schedule family time once in a while to see each other more often and, you know, really get to know each other better. But, okay, so bringing it back,
0: how many years yeah. did you not do that? Many. <laughs> how many years did you just run, Did you just, like, did you just work? Like five? <laughs> like, so you five or moved away six. for almost a year to India and ran an entire company yeah. without seeing your family. Like you guys I've moved, I've done a lot. Yeah. Nobody should be thinking yeah. about how to like enjoy your leisure time or pleasure to all this stuff yeah. in the beginning of the business. It should be fun to build your business. I'm not saying you it shouldn't be. But I'm saying you shouldn't be thinking about breaks and taking off time. No.
1: Nah. Yeah.
0: They barely saw me before. You yeah. can ask them. So it's like, you like can now. <laughs> I think a big problem is like people that are building businesses. Yeah. That have no experience in building a business. So no, they don't know. Yeah. Is they look at people in different stages than them. 100%. And they are comparing themselves. Yep.
1: Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: I agree. Like they'll look at someone who's five years into the business and say, well, look, like I have, I pay a lot of money to learn from like super successful entrepreneurs and they're they're like, I just spent the day on my yacht and, and I'm like, yeah, that's great. But I'm not going to do that <laughs> because yeah. you just made $600,000 this month. Yeah. I didn't. So I want to learn until I get to that phase, then I can maybe go and for a day and chill on the yacht or something. I'm just, what I'm saying is I'm smart enough to know that their life and my life are different. Yeah. Right. So don't compare yourself to someone who's like 10 steps ahead of you or 20 steps ahead of you. It's the worst thing you can do because then you get lazy in advance. Like, like, uh, you know, in the Point Hill, um, he used to talk about um, Andrew Carnegie would take half the year off.
1: Yeah, I remember He would take six
0: months and go to like New Zealand or Australia or something. Mm -hmm, And and he literally, you couldn't contact him for six months of the year. And he was the richest man in the world at at the turn of the century. That was, he was like in his 50s. (laughs) He, He was 20 years into building his company. In the beginning, it was nothing like that. He was probably working 13 months of the year. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. you guys can't be like, well, the billionaires. No, they don't. Like, you can't do that now. Focus. Focus on your business until it gets to such a level that you can do that. And so only you'll know that, by the way. So, let's hop into the first question. Let's get, into, get let's into value here. Do it. So, in
1: today's day, in today's age, do I need an email list? That question is from Amelia B.
0: Yes. Yes. You need a list. If you don't have an email list, Um, it depends on your business, obviously, if you're building, um, I'm hoping you're talking about a coaching business. You don't have a business until you have a list. Does it have to just be an email list? I I would say yes. Anyways, um, because an email list is something you own. It's easy to build. And the, the, the most, the highest earning and highest paid uh, entrepreneurs in the online space and in the live space is people that have an email list of hundreds of thousands of people and they send an email out a day to them. Yeah. So email list is definitely important. Can you still make money and build a business around just a Facebook group or just a social media following or just Messenger bot list? Or yeah, you can. But what I'm saying is, at the end of the day, if you want to build an actual company and scale it, you need to build an email list because you need to learn to email them a day. You got to use email marketing. All that stuff matters a lot. So, so yeah, you need an email list. That's my answer. Yeah, I completely. It's a short answer. Like yeah, yeah. It's, you need an email list. Yeah. Start building an email list. How do you build an email list? Build, uh, create something that's free that you can give away that's downloadable, and and ask for an email for it in return, Mm -hmm. and uh, we call that an audience growth funnel. In speaking to clients, when I help my coaches build, uh, my students build their coaching business, I help, I give, I actually give them my funnel. I give them an audience growth funnel. I give them a lead magnet template. I give them anything, uh, everything they need to build an audience by building an email list. Um, But if you uh, you're not in my program, then what you need to do is just. Create something you can give away for free that's valuable, but also will prime your audience to want to pay you, you know, for what you do, um, and give it away for free um, in exchange for emails. That's it. Yeah. That's the answer. It doesn't need like no. Yeah. Next it's a question. Straight, it's a straight answer. <laughs> Next question. I'm getting
1: targeted by your ads, and I love them. How do I make captivating ads on Instagram and Facebook? Well, first of all, thank you.
0: <laughs>
1: that question is from Thomas
0: Pete. Um, yeah, man. Uh, how do I make, how Cap, do I, how do you see make captivating ads for Instagram and Facebook? Um, first of all, the captivation has nothing to do with the ad it has to do with you. So, um, performance in videos or in my best ads, by the way, are not even a video of me. Yeah. You know, they're a, yeah. uh, they're a picture of me. Um, so making captivating ads, it has to do with like the hook in the first line of the, of the copy and, and the picture and, uh, and in videos, it's about you. It's about having energy. Like we're gonna, I'm gonna film five new ads today again. Um, and so what I do is I'll probably jump and get my energy up and like, I'll start midway in like energy instead of, most people will take, they take a video and they'll like, you'll hit record and then they go, hey everybody, and there's a delay there. <laughs> what I do, I have a little hack here. I have a little secret here. What I do is I actually talk and then I hit record and go into it. So So when this video starts, the ad video starts, I'm already in the middle of speaking as if we just started talking. Yeah. Um, as if we were already talking. So it'll be like, like I'll be like, all you need is, yeah, guys, look, all you need to do. And then I'll press record, you know what I mean, in the middle of that. So um, it's about performance. Think about tonality. When you're on video, you want to fluctuate your voice. If you just sound like this the whole time and it's always monotone and you never sound different because you really need to buy my system and you're going to sound very boring if it's always monotone. Fluctuation with your voice or inflection in, in acting, they call it. Is the ability to use speed, tempo, um, tone of voice, and pitch to gain attention and keep attention and engagement. So if I'm telling a story in and out, I'll be like, Are you a coach right now who needs to get more coaching clients but doesn't know what they're really doing? Listen to me right now, I wanna tell you a story. Three years ago, when I started, I was a broke coach. And what do I mean by bro, coach? See how many times I just fluctuated from whisper voice to yelling voice, using my hands. Yeah, like it was all fluctuation. When you do that, cap, you captivate an audience. So you know I'm gonna make five new ads today, and when I hit you with them, uh, you can <laughs> see and learn. Okay, so it's about it's really about, it's like acting. When you're a marketer, you're always acting. Like you're always you're a performer. Yeah, so. yeah. But that, that's how you create it. Um, and it says on Instagram and Facebook. Um, yeah, it's the same ad anyways. Instagram and Facebook. How to run ads? I can't really answer that on a call, but like, that's a technical question. Yeah. In, in speaking to in clients, we give our coaches like ad training and like how to do everything, but I can't really, I don't know how to answer that without showing my screen to you and showing the dashboard, so, mm-hmm. um, but if you wanna record good ads, selfie videos are good, and a lot of hand movement, a lot of hand movement, inflection, in, in fluctuation with your tonality. Um, I think that'll be good, you'll, you'll make good ads. But I'll tell you this, captivate uh, the captivation of your ads 10% of it is really your performance. 90% is going to be what you're saying. And the art of knowing what to say, like writing good ad scripts, is is something you have to develop. You can't just get good at it overnight. It's something you have to get better at. Even I'm getting better at it. So uh, for that, you can, like, hire an expert that knows what they're doing and shows you everything they know uh, so you can get better at it in hyperspeed. But other than that, um, yeah, follow the stuff I just said. You'll make good ads. Even when... Uh... Spoiler alert,
1: even when we're about to like record intros on the show, no, don't
0: spoil it. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs>
1: even when we're about to record intros on the show, Armin will almost always be like, Okay, laugh, or like tickle me, or something. So I'm like, Ha ha ha, welcome to the show. Blah 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 blah. blah yeah,
0: blah. For, and for this episode, you just you're watching this on YouTube right now. Yeah. Um, uh, um, oh, I forgot to tell everyone to subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube, it's not too late. I know. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to right now, I'm going to do it. And Isaiah's is going to take it and gonna <laughs> cut it right into the beginning as if it never didn't happen now. So if you're on YouTube right now, hit that subscribe button, that little notification bell. If you want to get weekly videos on how to grow your coaching business or start it and become a profitable coach, helping other people, make sure you subscribe. We bring out videos every single week. All right, there we go. Okay, break. <laughs> You're gonna edit that, right? Okay, love you so much. So, with our intros in Clear Talk, yes, um, we always start off momentum, and then we start recording. So I will look at her. I'm like, you know, yeah, I'm like, I I'll look at her. Already... I'm like, I'll look at my face. And I will look at her. I will go like this, yes, and I'm like I'm at your face. She says laughing like that, and I go. Welcome back to Clear Talk, and we do this. Sh- we we do the recording right there. So yeah. both of us are already laughing when we start. Yeah. Now, the problem is when people start, they start with stale energy. So they'll start like this and they'll go, and they'll, they'll be like, "An action. And we'll sit here and we'll go, welcome back to Clear Talk, Dad. and it's so fake, yeah. it's so fake. But if me and her are like, you know, <laughs> she starts laughing. <laughs> and then he starts. Welcome back to Clear Talk. See, right there, it sounds so natural, it sounds so fluent, and we're both having fun. So you. Enter the video with high energy. Yeah, uh, like you watch the video with high energy because we start in high energy. That's a really, really, really good tip, by the way, for video. Huge, absolutely and huge.
1: Yeah, and Thomas, I would also just recommend you know you be yourself. Try not to sound like other people. Try not to mimic other ads. Like you can to an extent, but you want your voice to shine through. You know, like Armin. Just you've seen Armin's out ad of ads, of course. You're targeted by them, but. You know, Armin's voice is very particular. Armin's personality is very particular. Don't try to go out of your way to mimic Armin's voice, sound, or anything like that. You know, try to work through your own ads and create your own voice and bring it through. You can model in some senses, but, you know, if you have an audience, Thomas, people want to hear what you have to say, and they want your authentic self to shine through. So try to bring your own voice, your own voice forth.
0: Whatever you do, don't sound boring. Okay, Don't sound like... Hey guys, are you interested in real estate? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, no. Like, movement, sound, passion. Passion. People are magnetized towards passionate people, enthusiastic people. That's passionate energy. You don't have to yell like me or or be wacko. But with your personality, at least look like you care about what you're talking about. At least look and sound like you're passionate about what you do. Yeah. Guys, are you... Hey, what what's up, everyone? Are you interested in real estate? I just want to know quickly right now. If you don't, like, you just look like you care. You care, you look like, you know, like, you know, it sounds like you actually want to do this. And people will get drawn to you because you really want to do this. Does that make sense? What's the next question? Next
1: question. So, I'm learning that multitasking hasn't been helping me. How do I focus on specific things at a time? Do you have any project management tips? That question is from Alex Candor.
0: Make a list of the top five things you need to get done in prioritize the, the most important and greatest the least, like most important to least important. Start working on the first one and do not go to the second one until the first one's done. There you go. Do not go to the second thing on the list until the first one is completely done and done well. That's it. Multitasking doesn't work because it doesn't work, not because you don't work, because it doesn't work. It makes no sense. It's, it's biologically impossible for your brain to be split into multiple different places and do the best performance it can because if you only have 100% of focus of capacity and you're splitting it in two, by default, you're giving 50%. To, yeah. You can't give 100% to both. That makes no mathematical sense. So just from logic alone, you only have half of your effort and time and focus going into one thing at a time. You'll never beat the person who's focused purely on one thing at a time if you try to do that thing and other things at the same time. You know, it's like when you're, It's like driving. Like, you'll never beat a driver in a race if you're on your phone while you're driving. The person who's fully engaged, they'll, 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 they'll drive better than you. They'll, they'll beat you in a race. You know what I mean? Like, you can't, Try to do multiple things at once. So focus. You're, you you got to learn to focus. There's no, it's not focus. I'm giving you a tip on how to organize your tasks, but there is not, no shortcut to how to focus better. Just do it. Focus yeah. in and of itself is the thing you need to do. Do that, like one thing at a time. Um, and, you know, another, another more deeper, like, method you could use is, you know, I, I want to call it like a deep work day. Mm-hmm. Take one day and just work on one thing until you've mastered it. Um, so if you run a business and you have to really get good, for example, on ads, spend a whole day, do nothing else from the morning you from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, just spend time reading, learning, and doing ads. And you will get ahead faster than everybody else who's trying to do 12 things that day. Everybody else. You'll and, and you know what's crazy? There's an illusion. The illusion is that if they do one thing until it's done, That they're slow, that's slowing things down. They think, oh, but if I but if I take a whole day to do everything and to do one thing at a time, it'll take me two weeks. Yeah. Let me this is an illusion, it's a myth, because that's actually faster. Because if you try to do all twelve, like, you know, five things at the same time, it will take you not two weeks, it'll take you two months. So the illusion here is that if you do a bunch of things at once, it'll get done faster. That's a, that's a lie we tell ourselves. Yeah. We're, it's a myth we believe in. As we're writing our tasks down, some of you have the habit of probably making a long to-do list and looking at it and go, okay, let me do like seven things now. And like, you doing more at once slows you down. You doing one thing at a time speeds you up. So if you can just take a whole day to master one thing at a time, within a week, you would have mastered seven things fully and completed it, think about that. Yeah. Now you're ahead of the person who's trying to do all seven things every single day, because that person will take weeks to finish it, instead of one. So. The illusion, I, like I keep saying, don't believe that if you do a bunch of things at once, it's better. It's not productive because your brain's capacity, your efficiency is going por- por- partially into each thing. If you I just focus on one thing at a time, within a week or two, you'll have everything done, like everything. You'll get ahead of everybody else. So like I said, it's, it's like um, a perfectionist or an OCD thing. I used to have this problem. I'd make a list of like 12 things I need to get done. And I had anxiety because I'm like, I'm trying to do six things today. Mm-hmm. So hopefully by tomorrow, it's, all of it's done because I want to do six things at a time. And I thought as well, if I multitask, it's better. Or if I segment my day, like three hours now for this, three hours for that. And I thought throughout the day, I could finish multiple targets. But I, I'm a very simplified person. My brain's like, okay, today you wake up, you're just focused on this. I know how to get it done. I literally know how to get it done because you got to factor and you waste a little bit of time here and there eating. But when I wake up I'm my today, all I have to do is work on my webinar. Yeah then all I do is that and I get really good at it and also I allow my brain to go into flow state deep work state which is a very deep level of intelligence where my real creativity comes out because I'm so focused on one thing concentrated on one thing yeah. it's the power of concentration so so if you want to get more done and get ahead faster ironically you need to do only one thing at a time like do not move on until the next thing um, and so this is a this is a discipline that every great entrepreneur has learned to develop Um, And you can look at like, first of all, please, for the love of God, no one in the comments, compare yourself to Elon Musk. He doesn't run three different companies simultaneously. You gotta understand there is management, there's systems of delegation for him. He puts primarily most of his focus into one thing he cares about, the rest of it he maintains. That's when you have a system set up. Like I have a multiple, I have a very multi-dimensional business system set up. So I don't need to, but it's all working every day. I don't need to put my primary focus into every single part of it. Yeah. I put my pr- primary focus into one thing at a time of the business and it improves over time. And they everyone here has their own primary focus. So, you know, you don't, like I said, don't compare yourself to billionaires number one because they're 7,000 years ahead of you in terms <laughs> 7, of, well, they're like 7,000 steps ahead <laughs> no, of you. Yes, of course. Yes, um, yes. but understand that they got there because they focused, he focused just on PayPal until it became a $400 million company. And then he moved on to the next thing. Just understand that. So, and, and arguably, by the way, I could say he's probably working less efficiently now with three different things than he was on display. Probably. He probably did way better when he was just on, working on one. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that it's right just because yeah. he's doing it, right? Exactly. So, so take, uh, take a list of all the things he's getting to get done. Order them in priority, least uh, greatest to least important, and do not move to the next thing on that list until it is done. Fully done. Even, and you're like, but Armin, some things take time. Yeah. So take two weeks to finish that first thing. At least it gets done. Mm-hmm. My, my, my message to you is this. If you don't do that, none of it will ever get done. I promise you that. Months will pass by, you have would have procrastinated on it and just feel like it's never ending because you're not giving it the the attention and the focus it needs for it to be completed properly. I took two months building my own my online presentation right now, my webinar that's making us money today. Two months, like not only to, uh, only that, but I'm saying it took that long because yeah. I was trying to do that and all the other stuff. Yeah. If I would've spent just like, A if week, I put it on my list, weeks. And I literally put a week aside to finish my, I would have been done like four days. So I learned my lesson the hard way, okay? But I learned the lesson. Yeah. One thing at a time, you actually get ahead faster. Anyone else is trying to multitask. And like I said, the illusion is you feel as if you'll get more done. You actually won't, you'll get nothing done. Because your brain is, you're, you're, you're putting your brain in a position where it can't actually get things done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you're biologically working against your own self concentration is the power of your of your brain if you learn to use it um, and you'll get ahead faster if you finish three full things within three days we take a day each you're ahead of the person who still has 30 things that they haven't finished since a year ago I'm just being honest with you. that's actually how it works and you do that long enough days or weeks would have passed by and you're like 20 things ahead or actually because you completed them yeah and everyone else is trying to balance all 20 for the next six months so yeah it's my answer
1: Completely agree with what Armin said. Especially love his uh, attention to focus days or deep work days, as he calls them. Um, you know, segmenting your days as well. That doesn't work for him. It does work for me, yeah, for example. For me. Right? So a part of this process is, you know,
0: you're going to have to figure out what works for you. Well, if you finish in like three or four hours. Yeah. Yeah, then you go to the next thing.
1: Yeah, but some people don't. Some yeah. people would saying so take a whole day. Yes.
0: For for people that are slower, like me, I I'm a slow thing, but for you you're you're quick. So you can get it done in two or three hours. But yeah. the point is she only did that until it got done.
1: Yes, yeah. So especially like Armin said, like he's he's got a system and a team. Not only is he juggling a lot, but he's got a team who can assist and help in, right? So if you're also like a manager or something, or you're on your own business entrepreneur and you don't have a team, then you need to be at your most effective, and that's only going to happen if you can either segment your days or segment your hours throughout the day important things always have to come first right you've got to be really really good at discernment about what needs to happen today and what can happen tomorrow right in your business it kind of always feels like everything has to happen right now today i don't have time to do it tomorrow blah 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 blah. that's like true. that's little that's uh that's very small thinking Right. Every single day in your business, naturally, there's going to be things you have to do. Yeah, so you'll never end that list. That it'll never stop. Right. Like you you're you're walking yourself into into an issue or into a problem by saying, like, every day I have so many things to do. You really don't. You only there's only certain things that need to happen today. And there's other things that can't happen tomorrow. So when you build that list that Armin was talking about of most priority to least priority, you can use that list to segment throughout the day, throughout the week. And guess what? It's not going to kill you. Because as long as you get it done, that's all that really matters.
0: Now, I realize a part of the question um, I haven't actually answered yet, which is how do you prioritize what to do now, what to do later? I'll give you a method, how I choose what is most important. So um, I actually learned this from one of the business coaches I hired, and it's about focusing on the thing that moves the needle the most. Mm. So in your business, it's like, what do you do first today? So I already told you how to become more productive by doing one thing at a time it's like what thing to do first yep. and second, okay. Yep. Prioritize in the way that if you do the thing that moves the needle the most, like makes the most positive progression towards your goal, do that first. So let's say I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give my example as coaching business. Let's say I have multiple sections, I have my ads, I have my funnel, I have my webinar, I have my clients, I have my program, so the, the training that I give them. Mm-hmm. And let's say I have, um, what else, email marketing, okay. So there's six different major parts of this business. I look at that and I go, okay. Right now, my goal is to earn a certain amount of money. I want we want to make a certain amount of sales per month. Okay. Out of these six things, I go, which one of these things that needs my attention now that will actually get me closer the most? Mm-hmm. So I look at, it, I go, well, my ads are the are responsible the only thing responsible for bringing new prospects into my business. My funnel is responsible for turning them into uh, an actual booked call. My webinar is responsible for that as well. So those are two different things, right? Because they're big things. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, what's the next thing? You was, said email marketing? Email marketing was sixth. Um, my, my program? My program, my training. I'm like, if my training is better, obviously I have better client results. You know, if I improve it, results for my coaches and then my results can bring in more clients. But that won't happen now. It won't move the needle the most, right? So I'm like, that is off the table. And then clients. My, my email marketing is also responsible for the list to get to get nurtured so that they can book a call with us. If the list isn't growing, yep. emails will not matter. Mm-hmm. So I go backwards, I go, okay, now if my webinar and funnel is, uh, it can't convert unless there's people going through So yeah. I go back, I go, okay, I gotta master my ads. I gotta spend one, two, three, as many days as possible only focusing on my ads until there is 50 to 100 new leads coming in a day. Mm-hmm. Until I get there, it doesn't matter if my webinar funnel or everything is gonna work out or not. So I prioritize the thing that's gonna move the needle in my business the most. The thing that's gonna make the most progression for us. And many of you might waste a lot of time because what you do is you prioritize things that actually don't matter right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: I, and I work with a lot of coaches, so I see this firsthand. I have, my students get on my coaching calls every week and sometimes they're like, I don't know what color my banner should be. I'm like, how much have you been spending on this? Well, you know, the last like 20 minutes only. I'm like, that 20 minutes is gonna be spent doing something that makes you money. And it's just knowing to not waste time on small things that do not matter. Yeah. I have one of my clients, Daniel, uh, Daniel, I was with him yesterday. He launched in eight weeks his business, and he landed six clients, He and he did a great job. Like, and he was not a coach three months ago. He didn't even know what coaching was. Yeah. And we helped him get off the ground, and, you know, he literally, every time he came in a call, he had another thing done. And it was done, like, kind of, like, unfinished, but he finished. Like, he, he finished something. Yeah. He, it wasn't perfect, but he imperfectly took a, t- a ton of action. And I learned something from watching him. I'm like, everyone should learn from Daniel, because... Even though it wasn't perfectly done the first time, he at least got it done. Yes. He finished his webinar, and I looked at him, like, there's so many spelling mistakes. He's like, I don't care. I just wanted to get it done. I'm like, he did. And then on the other side, we have a student that will come on and be like, you know, this one word in my one thing is off. And that's the reason why he hasn't, you know, started talking to people yet. Why? <laughs> why does it matter? Yeah. Go and put all your energy into one thing at a time until the biggest blocks of your business are built. And so for me, I'm like saying, like, I'm going to take a whole day doing ads. You know, the rest of today is just all ads. Um, and I'm going to make ads and I'm going to spend like six, seven, eight hours and I will not go to the next thing until that's done. Well, tomorrow I'm going to do a whole nother thing and a whole nother thing. And it's step by step. I actually made a list of all the, you guys want to hear my list of all the uh, days I'm going to spend? Show us your list, Armin. So, uh, I'm like, okay, so if I want to take a day for each thing. So a deep work day, I'm like, what are what are different parts of my business? I need to spend the entire day on that. I want to not be distracted. And I just work on that. Meaning yep. like I won't even let my team come to me for anything. They have to learn to just figure out everything on their own on that day. Like they are not allowed to come to me. Right? So Russ that defeats the purpose by the way. The point of taking all day's is isolation so you just focus on that. Yep. Russ, why if I and I've learned this the hard way. I'm like, okay, I'll just go in and there's nothing on my calendar. So I'm like, okay, today I'm just going to do this. But I don't make it clear that I shouldn't do anything else. Yeah. I just say, I'm going to focus on this. And I come in and then like, we need eyes on an email. We need eyes on an app. We need eyes on this. I have to review things. And I'm like, this just took like three hours out of my day. And now I'm off and I'm drifting into like the day. I'm like, well, I have four hours left. That's not the point. The point is you do not get distracted. That's the point of deep working. So I found a new method I'm going to try this time. Where you know they really have no access to me. And so I only can work on one thing and my phone won't even be available. So and by the way, it's good for your team. They will learn to self-navigate without you, which always is in my experience has worked well when they don't have access to you. They just figure it out and it's better. So these are the days I'm gonna take. So I'm gonna tell you in my coaching business what parts of my business I'm spending an entire day learning on. So if you want, write this down. If you're running a coaching business, maybe these are the parts of your business you should be focusing on because I, I prioritize it in terms of, um, well, it's not prioritized. It's just the list randomly. I haven't organized it from best to least yet, but I wrote down all the things cause I had the thing I'm like, what things do I need to work on? Uh, I have here improving my webinar. I want to take my webinar and I want to improve it. Cause I've had a lot of progression since I last built it six months ago and I'm going to add new things, take some things out. So I'm like but the webinar can convert more leads cause I have a lot of leads coming into my webinar every day and I want to make it convert better. So I'm like, I can improve the webinar, yeah. right? So that's a whole day I want to spend on that. Just maybe looking at other people's webinars, see what that's like and seeing okay, what can I use here and use there? The next thing I have is researching competitors. So I have an entire folder of people that are like in my field doing kind of what I do. I've never had the time to go over their stuff, watch their webinars, see what they're doing. Maybe I can learn things from the people in my field that are helping people that I'm helping. So I want to spend an entire day going through other people's courses and funnels and this and just learn about yeah. what's out there in the world. You can't do that for two hours. It's not enough. You have to do it, like, for me, I'm like, I want to spend at least a whole day, at least half a day. Um, another thing is learning ads. So I want to learn, master, and make more ads. Spending a whole day just focusing on how to make my ads better. How to Maybe I make a whole month of ads or two months of ads in advance sitting in one day. Mm-hmm. Then for the next two months, I don't have to worry about making ads. It just It's already made in advance.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm going to spend, a, uh, well, it's a whole day of learning ads, so just improving my ad game, and then a whole day of making ads. So spending a whole day of filming, like, 20, 30 ads, mm-hmm. That might take six, seven, eight, or eight, uh, in nine hours, but I have 30 ads. Yeah. That could bring me in tens of thousands of dollars in sales. Um, the next thing I have here is improving my program. So just sitting down one day and going through my entire curriculum, watching my own videos, seeing what my clients are going through, like seeing if I like, is there new things I've learned I could add in here and taking out some things that might be confusing and looking at my coaching calls, the recordings going well, I saw that these people had a confusion here, so what if I add something in this part? In mm-hmm. just spending a day mapping out everything about improving my program, a whole day, right? I, I have here improving my emails. We have like two months of emails. Um, set up an automation right now where uh, if someone uh, goes in to watch our webinar for the next two months they get valuable emails from us every single day but i'm like can these emails be better do i want to delete some of them that suck maybe Mm -hmm. the the messaging from our first email that i when i started months ago that i built is different from now Mm -hmm. so i have to upgrade the messaging and it has to be clear on the offer um, and then I have improved my funnel. And that's probably not going to take an entire day, but if I go through other people's funnels and I see there's new things I want to implement, yeah. I'm going to go through my funnel and see what parts of this can I improve? Can mm-hmm. I tweak here? Can I optimize more? Um, my point is, though, that's the, I don't know, like seven or eight things I'm going to spend a day at a time on. Yeah. So at the end of the week, imagine, I spend a day on each of these things. By the end of that week, all my business, all the major parts of my business will be completely stabilized because I gave it enough attention and effort and focus to fix things and make things better. So that means next month, the the benefits will compound because I spent the time focused to work on that. Yeah. If I try to do all of it every day in like segments here and there, it would take me probably months until we fix one thing. Does that make sense guys? So that's my list of things I prioritize on. I'm, I'm going to be working on a day at a time. So if you're building a coaching business and you're not focused on things like that, you're not building a coaching business because those are like all the major elements of my business. And, uh, and we're running a pretty good business right now, so, anyways, that's my fully-fledged uh, answer. Hopefully, hopefully that answered the question. Huge. Very, very huge. Can we get a comment check, Imad? Any questions on the comments or anything like that? No,
1: just a hi from Patel.
0: Hey! What about my Instagram? You gonna open it? Thanks. I love these guys. Giving us dynamics and the sound effects in the background.
1: <laughs> that's Armin's. There's no comments. On that's that. Armin's, Cool. Yeah.
0: yeah, I know. It's okay.
1: What? It's cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Next question. Yeah. I'm a creative. How can I begin to really monetize and sell my art if I've never done it before? That question is from
0: Nadia. Everyone who's never done something that's done something has never done something before they do it. So go do it. How can you use your creativity? She's a creative, so I'm a creative. So she paints? I'm assuming, yeah. Okay.
1: She makes art, and she wants to monetize it. She wants to sell it. She's never done it before.
0: Okay, so I don't sell paintings. Probably, I mean, I guess we help entrepreneurs. I get it. Um, (laughs) Take up. How can I begin to really monetize and sell my art? So I'm going to give you like a, a personalized idea because I was with uh, in my previous relationship, she was an artist and I helped her like with ideas of what to do. So if you're an artist and you paint and you're good at it and you could like paint people maybe, um, find opportunities where you can use your paintings to create like results for people. So an idea was that I shared with the previous person I was with um, was to make paintings of people's dreams. And painting them into it and then selling that for like $1,000, $2,000, I think is worth it because they can hold it, they can put it in the room yeah. and visualize. Instead of a vision board, they got a really professional wall painting of whatever, you know, of them. Now that's you finding a, a, a result that you can give a client. If you just paint about anything and you wanna just sell your art, I think you're going about it the wrong way. I think, especially artists, um, they shouldn't just be like, well, this is what I do, who wants my stuff? That's not sales. Yeah. It's selfish. You have a talent. Use the talent to help people with it. Don't use the talent to just make whatever you want and go, well, I want people to buy this. Now, if you want to, for example, if you paint and you paint to like release or when you paint it, you look at it, it makes you feel better. Maybe someone needs that result to feel better. So they'll buy your paintings to fix that. Yeah. So if you want to sell your art, you need to ask yourself uh, this question or these two questions, which is the same questions I tell coaches they have to answer. Number one, is what specific result do you help people with or problem that you help them solve? What is your paintings or your art produce as a result? What result does your paintings and, 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 and your art produce for people? Or what can it produce? Or what problem can it solve? Mm-hmm. And then once you figure out what it does, like what specifically your art can do for them, then you ask yourself, how is it doing that? So I give you a very good example of, like I said, the one I helped uh, in my previous relationship, I helped her with this. I said, if you can paint um, people's futures or paint them into a vision board or whatever, um, or, you know, paint something that anchors them, Yeah. I go, the, the problem you can help them solve is like a lack of faith or the result you can help them produce is motivation, inspiration in their body going towards goals. So if someone has a goal, like an entrepreneur, and you were able to paint something for them that every time they looked at, it re-anchors them to their goals and it helps them keep going, you're helping them stay motivated yeah. through your art and your art is helping them stay focused because every time they look at it, they, they're re-anchored back. How do you do that? Well, if you are using art as the as the way to help them, the process to help them stay motivated, you're using the science of like, for example, neurolinguistic programming, which is anchors. If the person also learned how to visualize themselves in with the painting and then associated all the visualization of their goals being achieved with the painting, then you're now helping them with through your art, not only stay, create the motivational results, but you're also helping them um, learn how to use their mind with your art. Yeah. And an entrepreneur will pay thousands of dollars to have something hanging in their office or in their room so that they can be reminded of where they're going because yeah. they do it anyways. They build vision boards and they put it up or they write about what they want. The good ones at least, the ones that get far and never quit. Yeah. So that's an idea I'm giving you. What I'm saying is make sure you find the result or the problem you solve or produce. Uh, the result you produce or the problem you solve for people with your paintings, with your art. And then be able to explain how you're helping them do, solve the problem or, or produce a result. And then go out and talk to people that are potentially looking for that result or that problem that needs to be solved and offer it to them. Simple, just start by offering it. Hey, here's what I do for people like you and here's how I do it. And then I'm telling you out of 10 people, like two to three or four will want to buy because mm-hmm. they want that result. Yeah. End of story. Just that alone has helped a lot of coaches that I've helped um, get clients. And I know it can help anybody get clients because it's the f- most fundamental questions you need to ask, uh, answer in any business. So I have I have a I have kind of kind of a contribution,
1: but I I want to know your opinion on it. So in terms of being a creative, I'm not even just about being an artist, but say you want to make music or something. I think it's important to distinguish um, what you're doing for your own creative output, and then what you actually want to sell and monetize, right? And that was kind of what I was talking about that, if in terms of if you want to monetize it. So for me, um, as someone who technically has a background of being a creative, and so does Armin, um, I think it was really important for me to distinguish whether what was for my emotional, like creative output and what I actually wanted to monetize. So if you know that you're making art, music, whatever it is, Uh, just for your own well-being, to just get it out there. I think that should be on a platform or on a page where you're just expressing. But if you do wanna monetize um, Nadia and you wanna take the next step, I think it's important that you try to build a community around the art that you're trying to create. So with what Armin said, it's, it's really just building a community around this specific niche thing within your art that you can start to demonstrate and bring forth, right? A lot of the art that I buy, even if we're just talking about paintings, Not even music or whatever, but if we're talking about art itself, art that I buy, artists that I kind of co-sign have built a kind of community or an idea or a depiction around their art that I subscribe to. And based on that is why I'm like, yep, I support your art. I buy it once. I'd probably buy it again. Right, because it's a it's a message or a system or an operative that I find attractive. So even just this last even in COVID I was like, you know what? Looking at more artists and what they do. It's not like there's a shortest of artists by any means. You know, like, like there isn't any industry, there are many, 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 many artists, but the ones that I subscribe to, the ones that I put my, my money with and who I would support it are people who are creating art that I resonated with. And based on that is how you want to monetize your art. You know, I think it's important to segment them that way, because if you're making art just to create it, and you're realizing nobody's buying it. That might be that might be disheartening. She never,
0: also, never tried to sell it.
1: Yeah, I know, I know. But I'm I'm talking to Nadia, but I'm also talking further than that. So you know, if when if you do and you maybe you've tried, maybe you haven't, whatever. Um, and you're realizing nobody is buying or whatever. It could just be because you're just making art to make it. But if you want to turn it into a business, you've got to uh, you've got to look for. It's not about you. Yeah, it's about them. It's about the audience. It's about who is going to subscribe to your art. So you've got to go out and find those people. You've got to go out and create different things within your art that are going to appeal to them. And it's not like you have to be married to this idea forever. They, over the weekend, I saw uh, it's a post about different company logos and how they changed from year to year. They did Apple and the ugly logo it was in the beginning <laughs> to what it is now. And they did Nike. A little rainbow Apple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did Nike. And, you know, whatever you're, you're pushing forth in your business today isn't what you always need it to be. So say you decide, like, I want to make art that's strictly based on puppies. And then you just draw puppies and appeal to all the puppy, puppy moms yeah, and puppy exactly, dads. So. Now you and sell to oh, then, pet you're, then you're selling to pet owners who are like, "Oh, I love animals," and they're like super, super aggressive about it. And that that's a great example. And that's the market you appeal to first. But then. When you've decided you're done with that and you want to appeal to a different audience, you change your art in that way and you bring that that catalog or that category forward and then you can appeal to a different audience there. So when you're thinking about you and your personal expression, I think it's important that you differentiate that between building an art business or uh, getting people to buy your beats or whatever that may be yeah. for
0: your art. Um, what most entrepreneurs make the mistake of is, you know... They, they start a business out of a personal need. Yeah. Like, you should have a goal for yourself, but you do it out of your own wanting of something. It has nothing to do with helping people. And I get lots of coaches, for example, on calls with me that are interested to work with me, and I don't pick everybody. Like, I choose who I want to work with. And I got people, like, they're like, I've been through a lot. I have this story. I've, I have, I got to tell the world the, the pain I've gone through. I'm like, none of that, matters when it comes to selling and marketing because it's not about you and what you've been through it's about what has your potential client gone through and can you help them yeah and i'll tell you in real life example why this is a make or break difference three years ago four years ago when i started my business i would struggle to sell a hundred dollar ticket to people to come to an event of mine because the motive behind it was for me yeah. Because I wanted to have the feeling of an event and a speaker and have a seminar. Mm-hmm. I never thought about what I'm doing for the person. I did, on the surface level, I'm like, I'm going to help you change your life. and, f- But on a deep level, my motivation was completely self-centered. I wanted to live my own dream of being a seminar speaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wanted to, like, be a coach. And it was a dream. It was, like, a childish dream of mine. So it, it I literally, like, scraped, you know... You know, it was just really difficult to just sell a $100 ticket to a seminar. My selling was so difficult because my focus was on me, not on the person. Now, I did want to help people. I didn't say I didn't. But it was secretly because I just wanted to feel like I'm that guy. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Fast forward to now. Very honest. Yeah. Fast forward to now, I easily sell anywhere from two to $10,000 programs, coaching programs. Because my focus has shifted from, I don't need anything from this anymore. I've got everything I want. I love who I am. I don't need to prove something to myself or feel like I don't care anymore. Yeah. So my entire focus has been shifted to what does my audience need and how can I help them solve it? Yeah. And can I do that? Yeah. So when I get on phone with people like, I'm selling thousands of dollars of coaching programs with like 1% of the effort I spent three years ago trying to sell a $100 ticket. That is a good example in real life of why I'm saying the the mistake of focusing on your own need for something. So why should someone pay you as a client?
1: Yeah.
0: It doesn't matter. It's not about you. You get your own personal output as a creative to do something, but that should be given. When it comes to marketing, something has nothing to do with your romance with what you do. Exactly. They don't care. What they care about is you understand them and can you help them with the problem or give them the thing they want. That's it. We do one more question.
1: Yeah, we do. Time for ten. All right. So, oh, this kind of this is kind of another question that we've already answered. So I feel
0: like I'm gonna skip it. No, that was that was the one. This is a different question. <gasps> cool. Huh? It's different. Oh, I already answered that. It's just worded different. Oh, I read that by accident. What the prioritization oh, question? Oh
1: no no oh okay. yeah.
0: So we answered that. All yeah, right. we answered it. So how do you prioritize what you what to do now, what to do later? I feel like
1: my to-do list never ends and sometimes things slip through the
0: cracks so So we've i answered answered that that. because i thought that was the question of the last one so we just answered two and one with the other one okay
1: two and one combo
0: yeah what's the next one
1: uh how do you interview people who want to work with you we talked about this on like a previous episode way back when i think someone
0: asked me how can i get on your team yeah yeah but that's not the same thing as how do you interview people i mean okay i'll tell you how I interview people Have I even interviewed you? Oh, I do. You've talked about, I've you talked about, we've talked about my you. interview. Yeah. I've interviewed all of you. What am I saying? I yeah, have yeah. yeah, yeah. Except yeah. Lauren. Lauren just kind of like got an immediate pass in because the interview was like three months of just me getting to know her. Same with Isaiah. Both of them because like I mentored them first. Like we were, we were already building a relationship. The interview was I would just watch them grow. But with these two, Imad and Jeanette, I did interview them. My interview is like, I'm really just trying to figure out a few things, okay? I don't really care. Le- leg- I, I do not believe the traditional conventional method of interviewing because it's all bull. It's all bull. It's all BS. Like, what are you sitting there? You're literally practicing to sound good. The person doesn't know who you are. A real good interviewer shouldn't take that as who you are, you know? If I'm sitting there, I'm literally dressed my best. I'm saying all the things that I know you want to hear. That's a terrible, yeah, fake yeah, yeah. version of interview. So I ask real questions. I sit there, and I go, you know, what's your goal? What do you want in your life? And I see if they actually have something they want to do in their life. If they're aimless, bad addition to my team because they're going to come in and just be a drifter um, and just want to get paid. Now, if they have some vision for themselves in life, I go, what's your vision for yourself in life? If they have something there, I go, good. This person has some direction in life. I can work with that. The second thing I'm, I'm trying to look for is if they have a positive attitude about things. If they have a bad mindset or attitude, I don't care how good they are. Okay, I'm not working with them. So I'll ask questions like, you know, what have you done in the past? Have you worked throughout this before? And I'm trying to uh, fish for a problem they had and seeing how they dealt with it. So I'm like, so did you work other places? Well, yeah, you know, I worked here. I'm like, and they're like, oh, was, I'm like, did you like it? Oh, you know, it's okay. You know, and they go, yeah, it was great. I loved it. I go, great. If they go, well, you know, my mouth went like this. And I, go, and I go, what happened? What happened? What did that person do to you? So I, I instigate them to want to bring out like, some bad attitude they have about, oh, well, you know, like, and I do this with clients too, by the way. I, I interview clients yeah. to see if I want to work with them first, yeah. I have prospects. Like, you know, I'm like, so why didn't I work with the other coach? Oh, well, you know, that person just really didn't, blah, blah, blah. And it starts barking at them, and I go, <laughs> man, you're going to be like the same thing with me because it's you're the problem. You're the person who looks at things like this. So I look at their attitude. First is, do they have vision in life? Second is, do they have a good attitude? Because if they have a bad attitude, it doesn't matter what you do for that person, it will not work out. The third thing I think I look for is, um, you know, um, honestly, I would say like those two things is all I need knowing that you have a definite purpose in life and they have a good attitude. Oh, the third thing. Well, it's kind of the first thing, but I want to see if they have desire, you know, like I really want to see how badly they want to work with me or do what they're saying they want to do. So their level of desire matters to me. Okay. So I'll push, close them away. Like what I do is in an interview, I'll actually <laughs> convince them that it's bad to work here and see if they fight me on it. I'm like, well, are you sure? Like, I mean, you know, you're not going to get paid a lot I'm in the beginning. I'm having Yeah, you know, I'm like, you're not going to get paid a lot in the beginning. Yeah. We're just a startup. And they go, well, yeah, but, you know, I see the potential and stuff. And they're, like, they're closing themselves, right? Eh? But I'm also seeing if they're agreeing with me. If they agree with me, they're not the right fit. If I say, well, you know, you do have to work long hours, and it's not easy. Like, I am going to be tough on you on certain things. And they'll say, oh, okay. Like, if they do that, I'll be like, you're not the one for me. If they go... Well, that doesn't matter. Like, let's go. Like, what else am I supposed to do? Let's get it done. I'm like, oh, okay, this person's good. So I'll kind of get, I'm like, well, you know, you're, you're doing, you're really smart. Why don't you just go get a job here? What's stopping you from doing that? And I actually did this with Imad. I remember Imad came in with like a proposal and everything for his interview. And uh, you remember, man? He was working at a place where he actually got paid more than, uh, you know, what I was able to pay him here. And it was because we're, we're a startup. I met him like a year and a half ago. And um, and I'm like, we're already getting paid so much there. Why move here? And he's the one who told me all the reasons. It's like, no, man, it's 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 just money. Like, I want to do something bigger than just money. I want to build something here. I want to be a part of like this academy and work with you. And and I said, are you sure, man? Because I mean, you can you can make more money there. And see, I'm I'm, I'm trying to see if they're actually serious. Their are is here. Yeah. And uh, obviously for him, it was. He wanted to do this. It wasn't about money. But my point is, I would do that. So summarize three things. First is I see if they have a vision for themselves in life. Cause if, if you bring in a person to your team that has no aim in their life, like grand scheme for their life, they're going to become a, an energy sucker in your, in your team because they don't know what, why they're doing anything in the long term. They just know that they have to pay bills and make money now and like achieve a goal next week, but they don't think about being something in life. So by default, this kind of person will only take energy. They won't be able to give because they have nothing to give. So that's the first thing. And if they don't have a vision, I can't work with them. At least some type of vague vision, like something they want, a childhood dream that they want to achieve. Because that gets a person going. And the second thing is their attitude. If their attitude is bad, their, their mental attitude, like their, their, their character, their personality is hard to deal with, I don't care. I wouldn't even say that's first, like, but I look for that in the first answer anyways. Yeah. Um, but their, if their personality is hard to deal with, I don't care who they are, what they've done. I don't care. I, like zero exception. If they have a bad personality, I don't work with them. If they have a bad attitude, negative-minded attitude, I can't work with them. I just personally can't work with them. Maybe they're a good person somewhere else, but I can't work with them. And the last thing is their level of desire. And what I do is I tempt them to do something better or bigger or go away or do something else. I try to see if they actually want it or if they're just hoping that I'm one of the ones that give them a position. Um, I don't take people who are just settling for working here. I take someone who actually wants to be in my office every day, actually wants to work with us, actually wants something from this. Um, And so that way I get less people. Obviously, most people are not going to be like that. But I get superstars when I work with them. I get people that are serious. I don't have to worry about babysitting them. Everyone here takes care of themselves and they're good to go and they're amazing at what they do. So um, that's, that's the three things I look at. I don't know if Jay, what else? You've interviewed a lot more people than me anyway so you should really ask Jay. <laughs> what, what do you look for?
1: Uh, definitely definitely all of those things. I do start with you know what's your goal, not even just within this company, but your life in general. Yeah. Um, but then I follow up that question with what what would be your goal within this organization? Um, how could you, as an individual set a different set a different pace for what we have going on? Um, I think the first thing that people see when they come into a new organization is you know what's going what's happening? So one of the first things, one of the first questions I also ask is like, you know, you've seen what we've got, you've seen our team, you've seen what's happening here. Um, do you see yourself fitting in in an environment like this? How do you do? You have any suggestions for how we can make this environment better based on your first impression? Um, I try to always ask questions that aren't necessarily in other traditional interviews. So well, like, what's can your you, strengths? Can you? Yeah. What's your weakness in? I'm really
0: good with people <laughs> and computers and breathing. I mean, I don't really care about that stuff. But asking like, do you see yourself fitting in here? through obvious answers. Yes. What are they gonna be like? Well, you know, not really. No. <laughs> I don't ask questions that the obvious answer has to be yes. I, I do open-ended questions, like you just said. What do you think would be, could do better here? Yeah. Because now they're actually forced to be intelligent and think about that. Yeah. and uh, Actually, I'll say this, uh, sorry, I forgot that I asked a few questions from Imad and I think Lauren from everyone, actually every one of you. What? Um, this question is my favorite question. I go, if you were me, what would you do with the company differently?
1: Oh, that's a good
0: question. Great question. You don't
1: feel like that's a hard question to ask right away? No. Okay.
0: If you, with the help, if you can't answer that, you're not really thinking about this company. If you were in my position, can you, don't, don't make that noise that was Stop. This is weird. That triggered me somehow. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. So I always ask, I like, go, well, if you were the CEO, like if you were me, what yeah. would you do differently? Or what would you do more of or whatever? And they give me lists of all the things they would do and I and I and I get to find out how deep their intelligence goes. Can they really do these things for me in the company if they were me? And I wanna see how different we think. And that's, I really get to know what they think about what they wanna do here when I ask that question. Yeah. Um, and I think another question, Iman, I don't know if you remember, I asked that one, So like, give me a list of the things you would do if you were me. Um, oh, and the other one was like, can you give me a list of improvements or ideas that you can offer that you would think would be a good idea to oh, do as right this now, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I think you kind of said that one, but I always end up with like, if you were me, what would you do differently? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I got to see if this person will actually be a valuable addition or if they're just here to just take up space and kind of get stuff done because they have to be told to do it. I yeah. really look for go getters, not just people who settle, people who take initiative, all this stuff. So,
1: yeah, I think it's I think it's just really important to ask different questions that get people on their toes, especially in reference to um, traditional jobs. Like you know, you've heard the same. 10 or yeah. so questions in interviews your entire life, right? So, if you're picking people to be on your team, you want them to think about other things outside of the box. Especially if you are an entrepreneur or coach who is just building out your team, you know, the first the first 5 people are probably the
0: most important. It's going to be a core. Yeah, it's
1: very, it's really 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 important that you have, you know, I want to my brain is saying uh lieutenants or like soldiers, generals. captains, generals, you know, and really uh, A players, in a sense, who are going to be able to allow you to get to the next step of your business. You're going to have to have a deep level of trust with them and understanding. They're going to have to understand you. You're going to have to understand them. So, you know, don't take the interview process lightly. If you got to have a couple of meetings with them to feel like to feel them out by all means do so. But always always go throughout that process of asking them questions that you know really matter to you, not just like on the surface level. And really that... challenges them to think. Yeah, because it's if you don't get those questions out of the way in the beginning, you're going to regret it later.
0: Um, and to end off with this, I would say ultimately what I look for is if the person is an independent thinker or not. Yeah. Can they think? If they can't think, I can't use them. I can't work with them, Um, but if they can think on their feet, if they can think intelligently, think deeply, if they're thinkers, then I can work with them. If they're not thinkers, I can't work with them because they're looking to be told what to do and just really kind of get, yeah, a purpose. And I can't work with that because that person will do as least as possible to get the most. They will never do the most as possible to get more than that. So. Thanks for watching the show, guys. Remember, every single week on Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, we go live on my Facebook, my Instagram, on your Facebook, your Instagram. So you go check us out. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at TheArmondChaffee or on Facebook at ArmondChaffee or Jeanette Oduro. Is that your Instagram? It's
1: my Instagram handle, yes. Jeanette Jeanette Oduro. Oduro. So
0: make sure you check that all out um, so you can join us live. And, uh, and then if you don't catch us live you can catch us obviously the episodes get posted every single week on our YouTube channel so hit that subscribe button and that little notification bell if you want to get notified every time we come out with brand new valuable videos we give out free training for coaches now we already have a playlist on the channel you can go check it out right now if you want yeah. and we do clear talk every single week for coaches and if you're on Facebook by the way hit that share button and leave a comment down below hit that like button let us know if we could uh, if we you know what you loved about the show and if you have questions if you want your questions answered on the show live, then make sure you go to askarmin.com and post your questions so you can get free coaching on your business and in your life. Thank you so much for coming to the show again this week. We'll see you next time. Make the rest of your week the best of your week.